a believer in Christ Jesus. You are a child of the word. You were born again by the ever-abiding living word of God. You grow by the word and the trajectory of your life is shaped by the word. So the one who is beloved of God is what? So are you beloved of God? Are you a saint? Do people qualify to be saints? No. Is there any qualification to become a saint? Well, if there is any qualification, it is believing Jesus. So, the day you believed in Jesus, that is, you became a Christian, that very day you have become a saint. And as you listen to this insightful teaching through our pastor, Pastor Dayo Olushoga, lead pastor, Earth Church International, may the eyes of your heart be enlightened. that are empty in your front and you're not one of the um, you know people that are actively working please just feel those seats that's beautiful yes hallelujah okay so we've been looking at um, a teaching series for maybe a month now. Today will probably be the fourth. No, one, two, three, four. Maybe the fourth or the fifth, I can't remember, but then it's still a continuation of um, the teaching that we've been looking at, and it's life is spiritual. Hallelujah. Life is spiritual. Now, in the series Life is Spiritual. Basically, what we've been trying to 
bring out or the aim has been to elucidate us on how we can walk supernaturally in this natural world. Hallelujah. Yeah, it's basically to enlighten us as believers on how we can walk supernaturally in the natural world. So that's exactly what the teaching is about. And this morning will be a continuation. Now this morning, um, specifically we want to look at how to birth things in prayer. Glory to God. We want to look at how to birth things in prayer. Last week, we ended it on the note that it's in prayer that will release um, the power that sets the miraculous emotion. Notice the term miraculous, which means it is not of this realm. Are you with me? So, miracles are outbreak of the supernatural in the natural world. Do you understand? Miracles are outbreak of the supernatural in this natural world. Now, EWK said miracles simply put are answered prayers. In other words, every miracle is an answered prayer. In other words, the formula for having the miraculous is pray. Glory to God. That is to say, if prayer is the thing that initiates the miraculous, it is as good as if I understand and I know how to pray, then it is sure I will always have the miraculous. Hallelujah. And why would I want to see the miraculous, you know, in this natural realm? Why? Why should anyone experience miracles? Well, there are enough limits in the natural world than for a man to go and queue up in that realm again. Hallelujah. In other words, there are things that are humanly impossible. But from the realm where we belong, if we will impose the reality of that realm or our nature, if we impose it over this natural realm, we will see that they are possible in this realm. Jesus defied the laws of nature countless times. He defied what is humanly impossible. He defied it severally. And that is the life and nature that we equally share in. So, um, on that basis, I mean, we should desire to see miracles in our life. We should desire to see miracles happen through us and even to us. Glory to God. And so that is a brief summary of what we want to do this morning, what we want to look at. Now, don't forget where I started from that. It's about walking supernaturally in the natural world. Hallelujah. That is how the supernatural can affect, can advance, can um, 
further enhance my life. I mean, the natural aspect of my life. Do you understand? So question might arise and be like, but the church is supposed to be for discipleship. The church is supposed to be a place where you train people, you know, so that you can take up the work of ministry. Are you following me? So that they can participate in the work of ministry and that the body of Christ may be built up. So why teach them but how to enhance their natural life with the supernatural? Well, to start with, there is such a thing as emphasis. Are you following me? So in our emphasis, I mean, our emphasis in this place remains intact, remains the same. It is the gospel of Jesus. And the goal remains the same, building up men. That remains the goal. But may I quickly enlighten you that Jesus, that is God in human form, was not indifferent as touching the will of God about the natural life of the man that God has created. How much more the man in Christ. So that's where I'm, I'm going to start off from this morning. And why are we trying to investigate the will of God as to whether he is indifferent or not about our natural walk in this world? Is God indifferent whether I get a job? Is God indifferent if I marry? Is God indifferent if I give back to children? Is God indifferent about the pain my family is going through? Does he care? Hallelujah. Is he concerned about my predicament? Or all he cares about is that I grow up spiritually and nothing more. What exactly is God's position? Hallelujah. Now, there is something about your knowledge of the will of God. Your knowledge of the will of God is what influences your whole life. That is, it is what will shape your theology. Do you understand? What you believe about God. Are you following me? Now, whatever you now believe about God will influence your life. Luke 5. Let's start from there. We are here for you. Come and do what you do. We are here for you. Come and do what you do. There is a moon. Are you in Luke 5 and verse 12? 
And it came to pass when he was in a certain city, behold, a man full of leprosy, who seeing Jesus fell on his face and besought him, saying, Lord, if thou will, thou can make me clean. And he put forth his hand and touched him, saying, I will be thou clean. And immediately the leprosy departed from him. Now, the law of Moses say that no man should have contact with another unclean thing. Such as a man that is a leper. Are you following me? And that when you make contact with that unclean thing, you have become what? Unclean. And so with that same thought at the back of his mind, this leper walked towards Jesus and said, I don't know what you think about me, but I'm going to risk it anyways. I desire to be clean. I've heard of some of the things you've done to other people. How that you use them. And so I am here. However, I am tagged unclean. But then I know that if I can make contact with you, I can be clean. I can be whole. So if you will, make me clean. Then Jesus, see, I, I love something about Jesus. He is explicit, clear, clean. What did he say? I will. Did you notice the guy couldn't lay hold? He couldn't demand. It was a plea, a request. That in case it is your will. And then based on Jesus' prerogative, he said, I will be clean. That is to say, what we see in our life, they are product of what we are sure that they are the will of God for us. What you don't know to be the will of God, you may, it may be a reality, but you may never experience it. Or what you fight, it may be a reality, but you will never experience it. So if to you, for example, everything you know about the gift of the Spirit is simply the gift of the Spirit, the, 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 I mean, the manifestation of the gift of the Spirit is only do the work of ministry, do the work of ministry, which is not bad, but that is the only thing you know how to use it for. And that's what you tag to be the will of God. Yes, you'll be doing well. But that same gift that can advance you in ministry, in the work of God, can you advance your physical life? Hallelujah. If that is the only thing you know, so could it be that there are certain things that there are facts, there are realities? But our ignorance, our refusal to accept it as the will of God has hindered it from happening. So straight to discovering whether it is the will of God, you know, um, for our natural life to be in good place. Matthew chapter 6. Doctrines are established first on what we are seeing in Christ, what we see the apostles also emphasize, and then we can conclude on it. 
As a matter of fact, doctrine has to be consistent from the Old Testament in the New Testament. You have to see it in the Old. You have to see it in the Gospel. That is in Jesus. You have to see it as a practice of the early church. Hallelujah. But then, let's stick with Jesus. As It's at Matthew 6, 25. Are you Matthew 6, 25? Don't forget, where we are going to is actually birthing in prayer. I just want to build up a few points, then we'll get there. Matthew 6, 25. Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what you shall eat, or what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body, what ye shall put on. It's not the life more than meat, and the body more than raiment. Let me quickly say something there. It says, you can see, Jesus says, take no thought. Take no thought means don't worry. But it didn't say don't be concerned at all. It didn't say be indifferent. It didn't say be unperturbed. He said don't worry. In other words, he's talking about anxiety. Being consumed. Are we following? He says take no thought for your life. What you will eat, what you will drink, nor yet for your body, what you will put on. Is not the life more than meat and the body more than raiment. 26. Behold the fowls of the hair, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into bands. Yet, your heavenly Father feedeth them. Now look at the next statement Jesus made. Are ye not much better than they? In other words, if God can care for what? Fowls of the hair. How much more you? Hallelujah. If God cares for the fowl of the air, that is they are eating, they are drinking, they are sustenance. How much more you? And glory to God, man is the crown of all of God's creation. As a matter of fact, the entire heart was made because of man. So the reason for creation was man. God had man in mind. Hallelujah. Why do the seas exist for man? Why do we have sunlight for man? Why do we have vegetation for man? God designed earth the way it is. And with all of his vast resources because of man. God cannot be indifferent. Hallelujah. And so it is very important for us to know without any shadow of doubt that God is concerned about us. First Peter. Jesus. Oh, thank you, Lord. I'm, I'm glad that First Peter 5 7 is in the Bible. I'm glad. First Peter 5 and verse 7. Are you there? What does it say? Casting all your care upon him. Hallelujah. For he cares for you. For he cares for you. The Father cares for his own. 
In other words, whatever is a concern to me is a concern to him. Hallelujah. So, I've been married, but my wife has not been able to put to bed. God is concerned. As long as it's a concern to us, it's a concern to him. I'm working, but they are conniving. They want to fire. They are conniving so that I can be fired. If it is a concern to me, it's a concern to him. Hallelujah. And my, my parents have been working. They've been trying to make ends meet. Well, it just seems to be as if the more they try to make ends meet, the hands are farther apart. If it's a concern to me, it's a concern to him. That's why it means to care. Hallelujah. And so the idea of God's fatherhood is that yes, in Christ is our father. But much more, he is careful, he is concerned about every other aspect of our life. Because notice, the day you got born again, you did not translocate from this world to heaven. You are still in this world. You will participate in the natural things of this world. You will school. You will work. Hallelujah. And so God has to have a say. Or has to have things that are on his mind. As touching those aspects of our life. For the moment that we are still here. And there's got to be a way. That we can use our reality to influence. Those natural aspects. Hallelujah. And so that's one of the things we want to look at. How we influence the natural world around us with the reality that we have in Christ. Glory to God. And what is that what is that reality? Is the, the reality of the miraculous. Amen. And listen to me. If the miraculous is not an integral part of Christianity, then first and foremost, our faith is in vain. Because we will be believing a lie. What is the lie that we will be believing? Jesus' resurrection would be a lie. In that God did not raise him from the dead. Because the resurrection is a miracle. So our faith stands on the premise of the reality of the miraculous. That God can raise Jesus from the dead. Hallelujah. Our faith hangs on the reality of the miraculous. Notice, nobody went to raise Jesus from the dead. It wasn't that somebody went there and said, Jesus, come forth. Hallelujah. So the miraculous had better be real. And glory to God, it is real. So back to Mark chapter 11. Jesus um, explained you know how the withering of the fig tree how it happened hallelujah Mark 11 22 and Jesus answering said 
happen to them. Have faith in God. The original translation says, have the faith of God. Hallelujah. He said, have the faith of God. Now, how is the faith of God put to work? Verse 23. For verily I say unto you, whosoever shall say unto this mountain. So he's telling them how the faith of God that brings miracle. He's telling them how it works. He said, whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he said shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he said. Look at it again. Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, there is a specific object that is being targeted. Hallelujah. Are you following me? And so, there's got to be a major thing. Now, when I say major, I don't mean there's major and minor. I mean, your, your desire, the objects upon which you want to see the miraculous has to be clear. It must be specific. Do you understand? It must be specific. Your expectation must be clear cut. Do you understand? And that's why in prayer, your, your expectation when you pray has to be clear cut. What are you praying about? What specifically are you praying about? So Jesus said, whosoever shall say unto this mountain. <laughs> Very funny. I mean, I don't know if someone that cracked this joke, but then I just remember now that, you know, they said, the reason why Jesus said, Lazarus, come forth, was because if Jesus had not said Lazarus, all the dead bodies in that vicinity, if he just said comfort, all of them would just rise up. It might be a joke, but then, I'm not saying it's true, but I'm just saying, I mean, as funny as it is, it just paints a picture of, you know, specificity. Okay? Now, it says, whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea. And, of course, to look at it, imagine that this is the mountain you want to see move, but then there are several mountains. So you didn't have space. He said, move. There was the one you didn't want to move, that move. Because that's also on the lighter notes. But then, specificity is very, very important. He said there was a guy who was praying, God, do it for me, God, do it for me, God, do it for me, God, do it for me. Oh, we God do for you now. <laughs> Hallelujah. Okay, whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart. Notice another thing in that sentence. Shall not doubt in his heart. So Jesus places a condition. Hallelujah. He said, if you will not doubt in your heart, but shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass, he shall have what he says. We established on the very first part the very first teaching in this series that the spirituality of life is in the fact that invisible things control visible things. We saw how that God created the world, physical world, with words. So the instrumentality that brought forth visible things in this realm was an invincible thing. 
In other words, in Jesus' case too, the instrument that dematerialized a physical entity, fig tree, was words, not acid. Not chemicals. How come a word could be that potent? So Jesus trying to explain how that words can be that powerful to birth miracles. He's explaining how it can be done. He said, whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be removed, be cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe. So what should he not do? He should not doubt. What should he do? Believe. That the things he says shall come to pass. Then he is guaranteed to have whatever he says. So we are seeing that words are the things that back miracles. But then how do these statements, these words, that can back miracles? E.W.K. has a book with Don, is it Gossett or Don Russell? There is a miracle in your mouth. It would be nice if you can get that book. There's a miracle in your mouth. That's the title of that book. So, how is it that these kind of words are released? 24. Therefore I say unto you, whatsoever ye desire, when you pray, believe that you receive, and you shall have. So Jesus says, whatsoever things you desire, when you pray, believe that you've received and you will have. Or, and you have. Hallelujah. In other words, the point of believing is the point of receiving. Hallelujah. I need to say that again. The point of believing is the point of receiving, not when it happens. But then look at that verse 24. There is a connection in something I want you to see. Therefore I say unto you, whatsoever you desire, when you pray, believe. And so in prayer, faith is birthed. How come I can't just have faith? <laughs> like, anywhere, any day, anytime. You understand what I'm trying to say? Why do, what I'm saying is, why do I have to get into prayer or the study of God's word for faith to be stirred up in my heart? Notice the term, for faith to be stirred up. I didn't say for faith to come. The believer has the faith of God. But the truth is that we don't all function in it all the time. Why? Our environment is surrounded by unbelief. Our atmosphere is saturated with unbelief. And so when we're in contact with that atmosphere of unbelief, it can sap our faith. But does it mean my faith has gone? No, it's there. I can stir it up. In an hospital where there are a lot of sick patients, if you go there for a diagnosis, and suddenly they tell you, oh, wow, you're having 
so so and so disease and we'll have to uh, put you you know on admission what suddenly happens no you're like who then you're like no 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 I have a better reality you understand there is a report and there is a there is an impression it comes with but then you quickly correct it no I'm a child of God. Others die of disease. I don't die of disease. You see, what are you using? You are using faith to counter the unbelief. So the same way faith comes through words. Through the word of God. Through words that edify. Hmm? The same way unbelief comes through words. And because we are in contact with this world where there is... Um, I mean, what do I call it now? A 4G. Do you understand? That's a mobile broadband. Eh? A 4G movement of unbelief. That is at a super fast speed. So Jesus says, whatsoever things you desire, when you pray, believe. And so in prayer, faith comes. Glory to God. So we see that prayer strengthens our faith. And it is that faith that we use in releasing the miraculous. Hallelujah. In other words, it's in prayer that we actually birth the miraculous. Glory to God. And that means we can actually bat things in prayer. Hallelujah. That means what? We can bat things that we want to see in prayer. I will follow in this morning. That means we can control events, circumstances, situations. We can control them in prayer. Much more, we can manufacture them in prayer. That means we can manufacture what people call coincidence in prayer. That means there's a formula for opportunity. That means there's a formula for circumstances. That means there's a formula for chance. That means what people call luck. We know how to invent it. Yeah. It might be a coincidence to the people in the world. We know how to cook it. That means, hi Jesus, it is at my will now. Whenever I want to see anything, I can cook it. Oh, glory to God. Cannot he again, rather. He said, a man that can pray will go far more than a man with college degree. Did he really get college degree? No. He said, but a man that can pray will make more miles in life than a man that has college degree alone. Why? Because that man has understood the power and the potency of prayer. 
He knows what he can do with prayer. And such as some of us, we know what we can do with prayer. We know how to break into things through prayer. Hallelujah. You see, as we go on, as we go on further, you, you begin to see the spirituality of life actually. All the things that are being approached naturally that didn't move or that didn't, you know, work out. It's not because they couldn't work out, but because it was not designed to be approached that way. You still remember how a man, look at me, you still remember how a man, not by God's will, by his will, shot heavens that he should not reign. Do you remember the same man by his will prayed and there was rain? In the Old Testament, we didn't know how Elijah did it. He only said by my word there will be no rain. And there was no rain. But the New Testament gave us the insight of how we did it. We only read in 1 Kings 17 that he said by my word there will be no rain. And that was all. But the New Testament told us how he did it. Go to James chapter 5. Are you in um, James 5 16? Are you in James 5 16? Confess your faults one to another, pray for one another that ye may be healed. The effectual father and prayer of a righteous man availed much. Now look at verse 17, giving us an example. Elias, that is Elijah, was a man. Subject to like passions as we have. That is, he's a man just like we are. And he prayed earnestly. Now, can you see now? He prayed earnestly that it might not rain. So was Elijah's prayer. He prayed that it might not rain. And it rained not on the heart, but a space of three years and six months. Look at verse 18. How did Elijah do it after he spoke to King Ahab? That can God go. I hear a sound of abundance of rain. How did he do it? Look at it in verse 18. He prayed again and the heaven gave rain. Hallelujah. How did Elijah make it happen? That he did not rain. Prayer. How did he pray? Earnestly. What did he do when he noticed that it was time for it to rain? He prayed. That means there are times and seasons of our life when we just have a feeling that something good is hanging over my head. We brought it. Hallelujah. We do what? We brought it. We're in prayer. Hallelujah. But what kind of prayer are we supposed to pray? 
Hallelujah. You see, these things are not mysteries. Do you understand? As a matter of fact, in the New Testament, there is no mystery. Do you get it? The Old Testament is the book containing mysteries. In the New Testament, all things are unveiled. So it's not like a mystery that some people are trying to... No, this is a reality. But the truth is that for some people, maybe they are indifferent. Hallelujah. And so, for our natural life, for our life, we can bat things. Don't forget desire. You know, God doesn't walk outside your desire. That is to say, when He, in His timing and His season, do you understand me? When it is time for Him to make this happen in your life, it will be your own desire that will be red hot. It will be as if you are the one desiring it. Because he is in you, he will have to walk through your desire. Hallelujah. Are you getting my point? So probably somebody has been having a particular ailment. He's been living without ailments since childhood. And then it's like, has God forgotten me? But then the time came, your desire grew strong, like, no, can this thing stop? Wait a minute, let me tell you, that is God putting the desire for that thing to stop in your heart. Hallelujah. Do you know there are people that don't trust their desires? All the time, they look at their desire as evil. Any small good thing they desire like this, it is evil in their mind. You don't get me. Any good thing, when they desire good, they are afraid. Ah, a backslide. No, should you desire evil for yourself? And is God not much more concerned about you than you are about yourself? Hallelujah. So we birth things in prayer. So how do we birth things? Let's go on. Galatians chapter 3. Oh, Karabali, then I'm not Four, rather, sorry.
the Galatian church. He said, they are my children because I gave birth to them into Christ Jesus. I'm their father. Do you understand? And so the pastor of an assembly is a father figure. You get? So he said, my little children of whom I travel in birth again. So, he is traveling in birth again. He had given birth to them the first time. That was what got them born again. He is traveling in birth over them again. So that Christ can be formed in them. In other words, there was need for a travail first for them to be born again. A second travail is being, you know, gone through. So that Christ may be formed in them so that he can grow up. So that it can be established. So what do you see there? You see men getting born again. You preach gospel to them. They believe it. You didn't know a miracle has just happened. That is men believing the gospel. is not a natural thing at all. Something supernatural begot that. That they just received it at all. It's, it's not natural. Now that you see men growing up spiritually. Somebody that likes smoking before, stop smoking. Don't think it is do good and you will receive good that made it happen. Don't think it's behavioral modification that made it happen. A alcoholic started coming to church devotedly. Don't think it is natural. He said it is a spiritual thing that begot that process. Why is it that, okay, now, I, I'm beginning to show you the spirituality of all these things. Now. Why is it that the new birth, a man being born again, is actually a spiritual thing in the first place? Ephesians chapter 2. We'll come back here. Ephesians 
Ephesians 2 from verse 1. Are we together? And you are the quickened. Who were dead in trespasses. What is the word quicken? To quicken is to make come alive. And you are the quicken, given life. You understand? And you are made to come alive. Who were dead in trespasses and sins. So initially they were dead. But now, they've come alive. Alright, what happened? Wherein in time past ye walked. According to the course of this world. So, he's describing their former state before they come alive. Who are these people that have come alive? The saints in Ephesus. Do you understand? The believers in Ephesus. He said, you now in Christ are God quickened. Are you following? Who were formerly dead in trespasses and sin, wherein in time past you walked, according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the head. Look at this verse very well. The spirit that now walk in the children of disobedience. So you see men walking in disobedience, disobedience to the gospel. And you think it's just natural. Ah, okay, and they go. You think it's just the guy. The Bible said it's the spirit of the power of the head. Hallelujah. It says it's the spirit that is governing people, that is ruling them, that is controlling them. Hallelujah. And so you think people like to go to club more than maybe they would have been devoted to church because church, 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 like they say, is boring. Club bubbles. There is a spirit at work. It is not the lights and sound that is making them go. There is a spirit at work. There is a spirit controlling them. He said, we like Naramani because he has vibe. Or Benny, no vibe. There is a spirit at work. Hallelujah. There is a spirit. There are spirits that control these things. Life is spiritual. He said there is all this particular dressing style. Of course, excessively, you know, exposing the body. That's what is trending. It's just natural. BDA, let them be selling you. He said that track came out and in one month, it just became platinum. He just... That's how people eat platinum now. Why don't you release your home? No, that's how people eat platinum record now. That's how they just go and they have over one million streams. That's how it happens now. Kids by studio is there. Go and meet him. Release your home. You understand? Release your home. Since that's how they eat platinum overnight. He says because it is uh, what's that guy's name? Uh, PDD that, that produced the beat for him. That's why people love it. Sure. Life is spiritual. So guys who don't like to come to church because they say church is boring. You would rather go somewhere. Uh, them jeans. Dancing palongo on the edge. 
Hallelujah. To further elucidate that it is not just, you know, uh, the first person preached to him. He did not listen. This one preached to him. He listened. He's like, he does not like that one's grammar. If this one's grammar he likes, that's why he received the gospel from his mouth. I will explain to you now. Second Corinthians chapter 4. Three. Again, Second Corinthians four, verse three. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. Look at verse four. In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them that believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, with the image of God, should shine unto them. Who is that work in the mind of people causing them to turn deaf ears to the gospel? The God of this world. Say me, I like to go to church. But I don't just like getting too involved in everything they are doing. Okay? You are just like that guy that narrowly escaped the hand of the God of this world. Hallelujah. So, you can see that it's not in the eloquence of what was preached that made one successful at preaching, you know, and then the other one that did not get him born again, he's, he's like, he's, he does not have drama, that's why. Or it did not motivate him. If he can believe and perspire, you will refire. Amen. So it's because that one, that one motivates, but this one does not have motivation. Hallelujah. No. And so, when you see a man get born again, that is a miracle. And what are miracles? Answered prayers. Meaning, somebody or some people have been praying for that person, for that region, for that territory. And it therefore means that no place can, is difficult to be broken into if we can go by the power of prayer. Which people can prevail over a city through prayer. No matter how dark a region is, it means we can prevail by prayer. If we can pray, things can happen. There's no stronghold too hard to be broken down. There's no person too hard to be melted by this gospel. If we can pray. And so you see a spiritual thing playing out when a man gets born again. He is, it, is, it appears natural that the person submits to the word. That the person starts devoting himself to church. He starts following God. It's not natural. Say, ah, people start going to that church because they have AC, AC, qua. We will do it when they eat it. People will come. Hallelujah. Say they like ties, suit, everything. That's like people are burning his package. Come and see how we were kabashing yesterday. Hallelujah. Come and see where people are kabashing yesterday. They were tired, they were still praying. Hallelujah. 
Paul said in Galatians 4 and verse 19, let's go back there. said, my little children of whom I travail in birth again until Christ be formed in you. So, in the first time, he travailed. Let's assume he travailed in prayer over the city of Galatia. And God granted him access. He began to make disciples there. Now that he has made disciples, he wants them to come to maturity. What is he doing again? He's travailing. Meaning the same process that God them brought again is the same process that will get them to mature. That's why discipleship is spiritual. I will say that to our leaders. Don't say that person is too stubborn. That's why he does not do it. No! You were one stubborn too. Hallelujah. So we see something here. That we can travail in prayer for something to happen. It could be supernatural, like men getting born again. It could be natural, like Elijah praying for rain. So what manner of prayer did Elijah pray for rain to come? He traveled in prayer. What does it mean to travel? Travel is like the word that is similar to childbirth. The agony of childbirth. You know that moment when a woman knows that my time to deliver has come? You know the pain she goes through? Are you following me? That agony, that pain of giving back to a child is travail. So, when we want things to happen, we stay like a woman in labor room till the baby comes forth. You are pregnant with things on the inside. But you must give back to it. I have a business idea that can make a millionaire in one month. Why have you not done it? It's because cap- no capital now, huh? no capital. That's why. Hallelujah. Or what vision has God given you that He has put in your heart? But it's just been it's a vision, no vision. Sulale ri pade. That's what you've been doing to it. One year, two years. Yes. So been, his vision now. She means vision to see none. Hallelujah. No, we travail. We travail. We travail. Travail in prayer. Now, the picture is that. A woman is in a labor room. Till she gives. Have you ever seen a pregnant woman? They took her into labor room. One hour she did not deliver. Two hours she did not deliver. And then they say, You, you are not ready to give us. Come out. Is that what they do? Eh? Two days. If she does not deliver, she will be there. Three days she will be there. That means we can stay. I'm not saying at a stretch, but we can spend repeated time praying on the same thing. That's persistency in prayer. So this type of prayer of traveling is a persistent prayer. A prayer that you don't stop praying until you see what you're praying for. This is how God shifts us. 
This is how God enlarges our borders. This is how we break into new nets. This is how we see expansion. You travail in prayer. Staying, praying, the same thing. Most times when you are distressed or you just only periods of repeated dissatisfaction, there are moments when God is hinting you going to that place of traveling. When you are just dissatisfied about everything, those are indications that you are at that moment when you are to travel. Because you are tired of that thing. Hallelujah. That dissatisfaction is for you to do something. Not for you to be wallowing in pity party. You know a lot of people, they like to do pity party lots. It's a moment for you to stay. Pray, pray, pray. Pray over the same thing. Now, where is the moment of birthing? You remember that Elijah, when he was praying the second time, at least we know when he was praying the second time for rain to fall. First, he had told, Hey, I hear a sound of abundance of rain. Hallelujah. And he had reported that, and they have gone. But what did he do? The Bible said he went to the top of the mountain, he kept his head between his thighs, a picture of prayer. Now, every time he prayed, he would ask his servant, go and check. Is there anything on the cloud? The servant would go. He said, no, sir. The servant went like seven times. It was at the seventh time that the servant went. And then he saw it was like, my master, I see a cloud formed like the feast of a man. Then Elijah said, yeah. Yeah, we've gotten it. That means we will pray till something either shifts on the inside or we see something on the outside. We pray till we know. You see, the realm, thank you, Holy Spirit, for this. The realm of prayer is a world on its own where you can interact with invisible realities. We can interact with the forms and patterns of things in their spirit form. That is in their invisible form. In prayer. We can. When you are close to something, you can know in prayer. When you have handled something, you can know. So we don't stop till we know that our hand have handled what we are talking about. We pray that kind of prayer that you pray. That deep down there is that assurance. That's what that's what I'm saying. That faith comes in prayer. That kind of prayer that you pray, the assurance now comes. If prayer of faith is not Father in the name of Jesus, I cast and bind this thing. Ha! Prayer of faith is not declaration. The place where prayer of faith was used is in reference to the kind of prayer Elijah prayed. So prayer of faith is actually prayer of traveling. 
you pray till you know. Sometimes it will come as a knowing. You just know that no, I've got said it. Or you on the inside, you will feel it, it has shifted. On the inside, you will have that, that deep peace about what was troubling you before. And you pray to that point when you know there is a strong knowing. Knowing is a symbol of faith. That you just know. How do you know you are born again? You just know. Hallelujah. When that strong knowing comes, yes, you've hit it. When that strong peace comes, you've hit it. Peace is a symbol of faith. Hallelujah. When there is that settlement on the heart, in your heart, on the inside. At times, it's not just that we birth things, you know, in prayer. At times, what we are doing is that we are circumventing events. We are preventing events from happening. So it's not just that you are you want something to happen. At times, you see that something is about to happen. Maybe God showed you that a particular person is about to die. Maybe you just you just woke up and they started feeling troubled about a particular individual. And they just I cast them bind in the name of Jesus. I rebuke the spread of that. You will not die, but live to declare the glory of the Lord. Hallelujah. Father, thank you. Ah. But now, I'm not saying you cannot do that kind of a thing. I'm saying when you are saying it, there is still no assurance on the inside. Or Benny, leave, I cast them back. Kabash. Amen. When there is that unsettlement inside, that's red light, oh, that's red light, red light, red light. It means danger. So you will have to pray till that red light becomes green. Do you understand what I mean? You have to pray till that red light becomes green. And that means, yes, the situation is now under control. Ah, I like it when I pray to that point that I know, yes, I have all these things under control. Hallelujah. You know the reason why many people don't want or don't experience these things? It's they don't even know that they ought to have things under control. So they will ask maybe an individual that has a big business or a big company. How do you know that your business or your company will not fail? I just know. How can you talk like that? How did Jesus know that it will not sink? How? How? Was it fluke? When he was working, was he like, hmm, Father, in the name of Jesus, I'm holding you. I'm holding on to you, Jesus. He's like, Jesus, I'm holding on to you. Hey, Jesus, take the wheels. Take it from my hand. He was, he was, he was unperturbed. When the, 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 the wind was boisterous and their boats was rocking, the other guys were afraid. They said he was still sleeping. They had to go and wake him up. Ah, ah. What kind of master are you? Care is that not that we think? When he woke up, he was like, ah! You should have woken me earlier now. He 
told her, he said, why are you afraid? In other words, peace is not the absence of stone. Peace is an understanding that I have the storm under control. Peace is an understanding that I have it under control. That the water might be coming into my bottle. It might, I'm not saying it will not come. Do you know Jesus did not say, my little children know, in this world, you will not have tribulation. Was that what Jesus said? He said, in this world, you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer. So all the boats might be rocking, left, right, and center. I know I got it under control. I know I have it under control. Why? We have captured all the factors that can make a boat to sink. We have captured them, we have we have carried them, put them inside one keg, lock them up, throw the key away. In other words, we have captured everything that can make boats to to to, to rock and cast. We have carried them. Bandage their hand together. Throw the key away. Pastor, how do you know that your ministry will move forward and it will not capsize? Uh-uh. Did you see Jesus' ministry capsize? So are you saying you are Jesus? Well, I don't know about you, but I shared the same life with him. Be careful when things are going too well with you. It might just be that you are enjoying all the lifeline in the beginning. Towards the end, like this, everything will be empty. Whoa! Some of us we enjoy everything God has made available for us from now till we die. We are not afraid that we have a bad tomorrow. We know how to manufacture that tomorrow. going to ask God to come and create tomorrow. We will create it tomorrow. The power of the future is in our hands. The future belongs to us. You are talking future. When we say we can control the universe. You are talking tomorrow. When we can control the universe. We are talking about the power of men that know the potency of prayer. We are talking about men that know the power and potency of prayer here. Tomorrow is a fragment of what we can control. A fragment. to birth things in prayer. I said it a million and one times and I believe it has become the mindset of our, our leaders. Take anything away from us, we will reproduce it. We will, it was not fluke that brought it now. It was not fluke. It was, even if you call it luck, we know the formula for luck. We know the formula for chance. 
Say it's opportunity. We know the formula for opportunity. There is a formula for, for, for opportunity. There is a way to produce things. There is a way to create events. There is a way to make events to line up with your desire. That means our life is not the, is not the mercy of anything. Life is not the mercy of anything. It's not the mercy of anything. Say, ah, what if events don't what, what is events? Who born events? For whom was events created? So why we what will events eat and be fueled? They will they will not cooperate. No, what will events eat? And you will now say, they asked me to align, no, I refuse. They will start the event now. That day event will leave the world. Why? I know who I am. 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 I share the divine life. I share in the divine life. Miracles are not alien to me. They won't see it as circumstances. No. It can be manufactured. Hallelujah. And that's why when you see believers that are rich in the knowledge of the world, don't joke with them. Because they're not just rich in the things of this world, they have things that money cannot buy. Hallelujah. They are things that money can buy. They also are things that money cannot buy. So take whatever you like from them. They will reproduce it. Hey. Oh, Father, thank you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Can we rise up on our feet this morning? Lima rogo do koso takalabaya, mando rogo gogo shalamande chitalaba, liga rabado boko sonta kalabaya, liga rabada baki zonda brina labatosu, mando la brina labako sataya, liga ramando xilamani, liga marado kusi kalamani. In prayer, we can make events to line up with our desire. We can make events line up with our desire. We can make events line up with our heart desire. We can make events line up with our expectation. No, it's not that boss that determines your promotion. Your boss doesn't. To the world, it is a circumstance that just happened by itself. We know how to make it happen. Ali Kamando Roboko Satalabaya Mando Roboto Vigabala de Gelebaya Lavasha Liconde Retalamanda Baladigaba Mando Logo Salamande Oh Manda Bika Lamanda Lavaya See them lining up See those accountants lining up See them lining up with your desire See them lining up with your desire See 
Satan running off. See Sakota the running off with expectation. See them running off.
You have twin in your family. You have twin in your family. Huh? Who is that? Your mom is a twin. Okay. How about the other person? You're a twin. Please come, the two of you. Because I actually see some individual. You know that you're supposed to break from where you are. Something else. Well, that's something else. You don't know what it is. The literal picture I'm seeing is more like you're working in a place and you want to leave. You know that things are supposed to be bigger and better than this for you, but where then should I go? It's like, I'm going to drop a job and then I'm like, okay, if I drop this job, where do I go? Yeah, but I see God shifting things. person, hair drum, hair drum. Who's that person, hair drum problem or pain, hair pain? Hair pain. Oh, please come. come. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Just come like this. And just stretch your hand forth. Come, come, come. Just stay. And then stretch your hand. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And I just see newness. That's what I see over here. I see newness. Newness. Yeah, God is showing you the nice place to go. The direction is coming. The direction is coming. And it's coming with precision. 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 The direction is coming with precision. Check now. Check. 
Hallelujah. You know, the essence of this is other. I mean, is in order that personally you may be able to create these things by yourself. It's a do-it-yourself mechanism. Do it yourself. Hallelujah. God doesn't just want to give you a miracle. He wants to make you the one making miracles happen. Hallelujah. Also make miracles happen through you. So finally, before I leave here, you know, this morning, I just want to make an announcement. I've never told all the leaders, but then they will still make other announcements, but then I just want to tell you the one that I'm supposed to tell you. Um, on the last Sunday in October, this is 20th September, so last Sunday, in, we still have a Sunday in September, so that's like five Sundays away from now. We're going to have um, um, what is Ecclesia Sunday. Okay? Now what's Ecclesia? Ecclesia is the word for church. You understand? Now what are we intending to do on that Sunday? Um, on that Sunday, it's going to be more like the teacher is even going to be like a membership or foundational class uh, teaching. Do you understand? That is, it's going to be a service that is specially designed to imbibe people who intend to be members of the church. Hallelujah. So, have that. Hmm? Okay, it's 25th October. Of course, you'll get more update about it before then. Uh, 25th October. The reason for this is because we know that God has been putting it in certain individuals' hearts. So, one, be a member of this church. Two, um, uh, to join the workforce. Now, we have it such that we want to make sure that everybody who is in the workforce has gone through at least a foundational class before they actively start, you know, joining the workforce of the church. So that's going to be 25th of October. Please don't forget that day. Hallelujah. And that does not mean you can be coming to church. You can be coming to church every Sunday and Wednesday. Hallelujah. I hope you had a nice time in the world. Hallelujah.